0: Uh, welcome to Church Project. We're a, a gathering of people that love Jesus. We're a church. We love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live that out together. We're also a project. Uh, we're an ongoing pursuit to discover what God originally intended church to be. And so we are trying to figure out how to be Christians today today. We don't know what it's gonna look like tomorrow, but we're really trusting that God's gonna direct us. And if you're comfortable with being a church and being a project, welcome to Church Project. This is who we are. Um, we are going to be going through Acts chapter 20, verses 27 through 35 today, and we've been going through the book of Acts for the last couple years, uh, just kind of studying through it. We have a few more chapters till we get to the end, and it's been fun really looking at um, verse by verse what God's showing us. So we want to tell you something. The reason we go expository teaching, which, which means verse by verse, is one, so we'll be accurate To the scripture. We won't make it say what we want it to say. We'll encounter the topics as they come. But the other hope in that teaching expository is that we as a church learn what it's like to open our Bibles on our own and just sit every day with scripture and ask God to fully expose the truths of scripture. So if you come and the only time you ever open your Bible or Uversion app, which you can open right now, is on Sundays. You're not gonna get the fullness of scripture in your life. My encouragement and our encouragement is that every single day we'll be opening up the scripture and saying, God, what do you have for me today? So as we open up this passage, I'm I'm real excited to move through Acts chapter 20, verses 27 through 35. I think God's got an incredible message for us. Again, you can open up your YouVersion app Go to the event section, and the notes are there. I'd encourage you to save those notes, and as you go to House Church, you can talk about um, what this scripture is saying. So why don't we, if you would, just stand, and I'm going to read this scripture for us. Acts chapter 20, verses 27 through 35. And this is Paul. He's talking to the elders of the church. Such a cool story we get to jump in the middle of. Start in verse 27 of chapter 20. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, and He brought and He bought uh, which He bought with His own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance inheritance among all who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. God, I pray in this passage today that you'll speak to each and every one of us, that the truths of your scripture will jump off, jump off the pages and into our hearts and into our minds, that your Holy Spirit will dance over this passage, and you will speak deep truths to each and every one of us. God, we want to hear you today. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Amen. So I want to ask a question, who is the owner of and who is the steward? And as we look at this passage, just think about this question. Who is the owner and who is the steward? S-T-E-W-A-R-D, steward, all right, to steward, okay? I think any parent that has sent a kid off to college kinda gets what Paul is going through in this passage. It's hard to set your child free into a world that can be so cruel. And that, at the same time, you know is exactly the cruelty that the world is gonna encounter, your child's gonna encounter in that world is exactly what's gonna embolden them to God to help them find their identity in Him. So as a parent, letting your child go out vulnerably into the world is kind of nerve wracking. And you're seeing here, Paul, as, he, as he's in love with God, he's traveling around. And in this passage right here, if you would keep on reading, he's leaving this, this church behind. And he's saying, I'm never going to see you again. I'm going to Rome. And I'm leaving you vulnerably to the world. I've been here for three years. And I've, and I've preached. And I've given you all my heart. And I've, I've shown you the ways of God. Now, guess what? I'm getting on a ship. And I'm leaving. I'm praying for you. Paul is walking away from the elders because he's specifically in this passage addressing the elders to the church. And he's walking away from the elders in verse 32 and saying, you've got this. He's saying, you've got this, elders, in this passage. What he talks about is he's saying, keep watch, elders of the church, because I'm about to leave. He's saying, keep watch. He's saying, be shepherds over the flock, over the church. And you can think back in that time, especially, you know, as shepherds would look over their sheep and they would sleep and for weeks out under the stars with their flocks and they would watch over them. And so Paul is saying, hey, elders, okay, here's what you do. Keep watch and be shepherds. He Later on, he gets down in verse 35 and he says what? He says, work hard. And what does he say after working hard? He says, help the weak. So the charge from Paul as he's leaving this church behind to the elders, the people that are going to be leading the church, is keep watch, be shepherds, work hard, and help the weak. And he gets on a ship and goes away. And the question we asked is, why? If you're an elder of that church, why would you do these things? Why would you work so diligent to keep watch and to be shepherds and to work hard and to help the weak? Why? Look in verse 28. Oh my goodness. Because God bought the church with his own blood. Wow. You and me with his blood. When was the last time you thought of that? Because God bought the church. And he bought you and me with his blood. We get to keep watch and be shepherds and work hard and help the weak. Paul is reminding the elders in this passage and Luke, as he's writing the the book of Acts, is reminding us today of who the owner is And who the steward is. Amen. This is incredible. And this is where the eternal and the temporal collide. This is where God says, the eternity, all that I am, everything that I've done, I'm handing off to temporal people, you and I. And Paul's leaving the city, and he's saying, I'm going to Rome. You're not going to see me again. And church, elders, keep watch. Be shepherds. Work hard and help the weak. Our dual citizenship as as followers of Christ, okay, brothers and sisters, our dual citizenship, we have one foot on earth, we have one foot in heaven, and we're walking in the already and not yet. We're walking in eternity already and we're walking in the temporal right now. Every day, pinch yourself, it hurts, right? We're temporal beings. But our spirit beings are eternal and we're walking in the already and not yet fully realized. We've already won the fight which we must keep fighting. Grasp that. We've already won the fight that we must keep fighting. This is where eternity and the temporal life that we know collide. And Paul's leaving the church behind, and he's saying, hey elders, be shepherds, watch over the flock, work hard, help those that need help. And nothing rallies insane action like a death. And and what I mean by this is, you've heard it, you've seen it in our world, may her death not be in vain. People rally, like nothing will rally insane action more than a death, especially one that wasn't justified. Like, may her death never be in vain. Or you may hear it, may their blood remind us. Think of all the people that have served our country. Like, may their blood remind us. And it emboldens us. Nothing rallies insane action like a death. And as Paul's life was changed by God on the road to Damascus, The Holy Spirit guided his life as he retold the teaching of Jesus. So basically, because Paul knew the Trinity of God, because Paul knew God, he had something worth fighting for and dying for. Amen? His life was completely changed. And he says in this passage to the elders, May the blood of Jesus remind you of your eternal calling. Church, church, are we sitting with Jesus and speaking with God and listening to the Holy Spirit in our lives? If we know the person and we know what he's done for our lives and we know the price that he's paid for us and his church, nothing rallies the church more than our identity in Christ in realizing the price he paid for us. It's where eternity and the temporal meet. And you've awoken a sleeping giant, haven't you? Wow. Paul knew his identity in God and he had something worth dying for. And he was leaving a vulnerable church saying, I'm not going to see you again. And elders, you look after the church. You be shepherds. You work hard. You help those that are in need. Do we feel the same about God, church? Do we find our identity in in God like we read and Paul has done here? Do we live with this sense of urgency that Paul has given his life for as he goes from city to city and he preaches this message? He knows, he knows, Paul knows deeply that who the owner of the church is and that he is just a steward. And is it with this sense of identity as Paul has locked eyes with Jesus and with God and the Holy Spirit, it's this sense of identity, he's emboldened and he has a sense of urgency with his life. Would you say the same over your life? Are we stuck in the temporal, focusing on what to wear and our own comforts? When we have the sense of stewardship for his people, it emboldens the church to power. But when we think that ownership of the church is for the professional clergy or those professional people, we have a weak, weak church. Man, our calling is to lock eyes with Jesus and to find our identity in Him and to go make the world a better place because of that. And Paul's leaving the church saying, hey, you guys got it. Elders, this is what you do I've got to walk my road. I'm going to go die in Rome for this cause because it's changed my life. And I know the price that God has paid for my life. And if we all woke up with that sense of urgency, watch out. Like, northern Colorado would never be the same. Amen? Amen. I think of 1 Peter 1.8, and it says this. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Can that be said of your relationship with God, that you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy? And though you've never physically locked eyes with him, you can't wait to lock eyes with him every single day as he guides you and reminds you of what he's paid and how much he loves you. This is how Paul's leaving the city. He's saying, elders, you got it, because I'm walking my road. You be the church. I want to look at a few verses here and, and pick apart a few things. So if you will look in verse 27, 27, Paul's saying, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. And he taught, goes down further to talk about how he did that. This, I think, is pretty cool. This is kind of my role like literally my role in Church Project as as a teacher and pastor of Church Project. Verse 27 is my role, and here's my role. My role, especially on Sunday mornings, is to expose the scripture and to explain the scripture. Done. Clock out, I'm going home. That's my role. I love it, it's great. It's a great role, it's what I can do. Some of you have the teaching ability as well and the gift of teaching. That's amazing. That's my role. But it doesn't stop there because your role, you have something to play in this as well. Holy Spirit's guiding me just like the Holy Spirit is guiding you. My role, if I do it well, is to expose the scripture and to explain it. Your role is to approve it approve what I'm saying. That means you're in your Bible studying as well to approve what I'm saying and to accept what I'm saying and to apply what I'm saying. What does that look like? It looks like a dance, doesn't it? Well, we're focusing our lives around scripture. My role is to expose it and to explain it. Your role is to approve it and to accept it and to apply it, to live it out. Now we're dancing in the gospel message, Amen. Like to be a church that gets this and, to, and, to, and does this. So that's my role. But there's also, Paul is specifically talking to elders in this passage, the overseers of the church. If you'll look in verse 27 and 28, this is the role of the elders. I, I want to point out our elders at Church Project. Um, Jared Ashida back there dancing with the little, little man strapped around his... Shoulder, waist, whatever. Jared Ishida, uh, Bill Jerky, right next to him. Weston, Weston, raise your hand. There's, there's Weston. Kindle, Kindle's over in the back. We're all in the back, hanging out. We're watching over you. Okay, that's good. And then, and then Jack Mount, who is partying in Oklahoma right now, I think. Like. These, these are our elders for church project. I want to say, do you pray for our elders by name? Because we're charged in this passage here, like, man, as elders, is it, guys, isn't this our role? Like, to look after the church, to keep watch, to be shepherds, to work hard, and to help the weak? Why? Because Jesus bought the church with his own blood. And there's going to be wolves that arise, even amongst us. One of my jobs is to watch out that there's no wolves arising and taking our theology over here or trying to have people chase false theology or start little cults. Like We are overseers to the church because Jesus bought the church and because his blood has purchased us and washed over a multitude of all of our sins. It's only because of the blood of Jesus Christ that we sing about and we raise our hand about that we have a mission in this world. Because without that, we're nothing. Sin would overtake all of our lives and we'd be desolate. But because the blood of Jesus and the love of Jesus that's chased us all through time and space, his blood covers us over and he's purchased us with his own blood. That's the reason we get to watch out and oversee and to work hard, and the list can go on and on. What I think is super interesting for all you geeky people, in, in verse 27 and 28, there's two words. One of them is overseers and one of them is shepherds. And if you put those side by side in the meaning in the Greek with those two words, what you kind of get in this passage here is that this, this um, eldership that's being talked about right here is more, is more of a role of functionality than it is um, formality. So Paul's leaving the church, and he's saying, I purposefully have put these two words together, overseers and shepherds. So overseers is more like a bishop, presbyterio, like that's in a formal office, but it's, it's like juxtaposed right next to this word shepherds. And when you put those two words together, you get the idea and the concept that the, the, what Paul is really getting at is the role of eldership he's specifically talking about is more about functionality than formal but then formality. You get what I'm saying? So he's leaving the church, and he's saying, in order for this church to function, you guys need to move as elders. Not being the boss because you're Presbyterio, and you've got the title, and form, you have the formal title of leadership, but because functionally, we need you to lead as elders, church. We need you to move forward as the church, because Paul is leaving. So the elders' role is also your role. Do you get that? It's about functionality, it's about a church growing and moving together, it's just not about title. So if we're counting on our five men here to be elders and to lead us into the unknown, we need to, but we also need to participate. God's saying, be the church, move forward. The responsibility is ours also, to keep watch, to be shepherds, to work hard, and to help the weak. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12 says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And here we get the charge for every Christian through all space and time, to be the church, to walk in the places and spaces that God has given us and to represent Jesus. You serve a purpose in the body of Christ that is being missed if you're inactive or living without urgency. you get this? So if you're Living inactive and without a sense of urgency, your specific role and function in the body of Christ is literally being missed at Church Project. We need you to lock eyes with Jesus. We need you to realize the price that he's paid for you and to live your life with that sense of urgency. We're counting on it. You're counting on me to show up hoping that I've locked eyes with Jesus, that I've done my work to fully expose Scripture, you're counting on that, aren't you? To kind of know what I'm saying and doing, right? We agree? I'm counting on you to be and do the very same thing and to lead me. Maybe your role isn't to expose the Scripture the way that I'm doing right now, but you have a very specific role in the body of Christ, your elders by functionality. Let's be the church. Does this excite you? This is amazing good news. So on the the macro level, God is the owner of the church. On the micro level, level, God asks us to steward and live out what he gave us. Because God created your neighbor and loves them, you should. Because God asks us to stand guard, as Paul's talking about in this passage, we should keep watch, every one of us. Because God says to shepherd, are we mentoring and being mentored in life? Or are we counting on other people to shepherd other people? To live our life on purpose, As stewards of God's church, look around physically this morning or look around in your life. As stewards of God's church, Paul is asking the elders to steward the church that God is in charge of. And he's saying, look after them, fight for them. And so if our title is elders and we are part of this, look around this morning, who's missing? Physically not here that should be here. If we feel a weight to shepherd our flock and to be part of the body of Christ, just like the elders of Church Project, we're constantly looking around and asking and seeing how people are doing and caring for the health of the body of Church Project, we all should be doing the same. So look around, who's missing? Do you feel ownership in that? You should look around. Who's struggling? Who's going through something super difficult right now in life? That's just not my role or the elders' roles. It's all of our roles to feel the shepherdness of that and to say they're struggling and maybe no one sees it, but I'm going to help them through this problem. Amen? As stewards of God's church, who needs encouragement right now? Don't wait on just the church to do that. You are the church. Who needs encouragement? Go encourage them. If God brings someone to your mind, text them, pray for them, call them, encourage them. And also, as stewards of God's church, who needs to be questioned, by, questioned about their actions right now? N- maybe you're in relationship with someone who they're just not doing the right thing. And they call themselves Christians, followers of God. Maybe God puts you in their role in that relationship, whatever that looks like, friends, whatever it may be, to actually ask them about their actions. Hey, what I'm seeing in your life, it just doesn't line up with what God is saying in his word. And lovingly going them and saying, hey, to steward the church means that I may even have to confront people and ask them, why are you doing this, man? What's going on? You don't like the ownership of this, do you? It's a heavy, it's a heavy role. It's worth it if we realize how much God's paid for us. But yet pride comes in and we can be like, God, you paid it all for me. Yeah, 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 thank you. But if we stop and you're like, you literally paid it all for me. There's no pride in that. You can't be proud in that, because you know God has chased after you from the beginning of time, and he's put you where you are today to be the church. He's the owner of it. We are called to steward it. Well, where does this happen? A lot of it happens in relationship. A lot of it happens in house church, in church project. Just our ecclesiology, what makes up church project? I love being part of a smaller church where we get to talk and see what's going on in each other's lives and, and hang out. A lot of this happens in relationship and house churches. Our house churches, if you're not in one, I encourage you to be one. Like, house church is the place to be authentic, to be real. I mean, right here you can be real. Just don't talk because that would break the wall. Like, you're not supposed to talk. Like. House church is a place to be authentic. House church is a place to express love for one another. House church is where accountability happens. House church is where you get to enjoy life together. House church is where you get to create intimacy. Relationships. The strength of the church. So right now, maybe the best you can do is switch numbers with someone you barely know and go get a drink or go get lunch. Today, this week, get to know their story, love them, shepherd them, fight for them, work hard, give, be the church. How many of you are willing to switch numbers with people today? That's difficult, isn't it? And that is the lowest hanging fruit that we can possibly do a church project. God is the owner, and we are the stewards. Let's go be the church. If you would, just close your eyes. God, in such a hard hitting passage, man, I thank you that we don't dance around it. (laughs) We didn't dance at all. God, I thank you for the boldness of Paul and that is insane to think he lived his life like this. Like it's so foreign to me and it's so foreign to us. So inspiring. God, may we find our identity. May you meet us on the road to Damascus and completely change your identity. And may we realize the price that you've paid for us. And may that create a sense of urgency in the way we live our life. May eternity meet our temporal day today and tomorrow. As you continue to chase us down and to make us more like you every single day. Hmm. God, this life is too short to live it passive, passionless, distracted, waiting for other people to lead. from our deep identity in you, may we lead. May we actively be the church. And so God, for my life and for all the lives of the people of Church Project, when we see despair this week, may we stand the gap. When we see people in need, may we stand the gap. When we see someone having a hard day, may we come alongside them and encourage them and pray for them. God, may we be your church. The church in this place, would you spend just a few moments of reflection saying, God, at the core, please remind me of what you've done for me. and God at my core who I am would you please remove all the aliases that Satan tries to speak over me what I should look like and be and do false identities may you remove all of that and may you show me who I am in you God may I see myself the way you see me and church just Ask God to show you what you look like in his eyes. And may you begin to believe that about yourself. God, this week, may we move with a sense of urgency, realizing that we're fighting a battle we've already won, but you're using us to win the battle. Whew. May we see ourselves as an active part of the victory. May we rely on each other to fully be thee in church as we engage the world with your love, and the gospel message. May we not sit back. May we not be passive. May we be emboldened by your confidence. God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done.